Hey, what's going on? This is Instructor Mike, and you're back for another episode with On The Mic With Mike. I am your podcast host, Instructor Mike. We're going to talk about a few controversial topics today, so get ready. Get your popcorn, get your comments ready, get your applauses, get your cries, get your tears, get your fears. On The Mic With Mike is on. That's right, we are talking about the tragic death of California rapper, gangster rapper, Nipsey Hussle. Now, some people would say, well, Mike, you being a black guy and Nipsey being a black guy, why would you introduce him as being a California gangster rapper? Well, that's because that's what he was. And I will say that uh, we here, uh, the producers and the host of uh, pod, uh, the podcast on the mic with Mike, we send our condolences to the family of Nipsey Hussle, you know, but I am going to address the elephant in the room. Now, let me qualify what I'm about to say. Let me preface what I'm about to say by saying that in no way, shape, form or fashion am I saying that his death was warranted. Absolutely not. As a former homicide detective, former criminal justice uh, professional and as a current criminal justice practitioner, lecturer, all that great stuff. I want to say that his death was not warranted. It was tragic in every sense of the word, the way that he died outside of his uh, Crenshaw, uh, Los Angeles, California clothing store, the marathon by the alleged assailant, Eric Holder, was not a justified, at least from all uh, reports that are coming in, uh, it was not a justified reason to use deadly force against Nipsey Hussle and his death was not warranted. He will be loved. He is loved and will be loved and missed by many. But I am going to be controversial enough and ballsy enough to address the elephant in the room. And that elephant is this. It is said uh, that Nipsey Hussle is a former gang member associated with the Rolling 60s Crips, a uh, gang that has formed, that has been formed in uh, the southern parts of Los Angeles, California. Uh, they align themselves, from what I understand, under the People Nation, same thing as the uh, Gangster Disciples in Chicago. And, you know, that having been said, uh, I am not going to demonize his memory but we cannot look at the parts that we want to look at and not look at the other parts that we don't want to address if I even said that correctly you know I'm, I'm very careful or I try to be very careful about some of the things that I say because while I am controversial you know I understand that Nipsey Hussle meant so many things to so many people who he knew who he knew of things of that nature you know it's said that he's a, a philanthropist and that he came back and he you know tried to um he had some clothing stores things like that he tried to uh sponsor a stem academy or i think he did in fact sponsor a stem academy with uh some of his money to try to help the neighborhood and all those things are commendable but you know uh prior to this i didn't even know who nipsey hustle is i just have to be honest and state that i didn't know who nipsey hustle is uh, or who he was until I began to look into some of the things that I saw. And, you know, when you do a, a search of it, you know, a search of him, you listen or you look at some of the lyrics that he uh, wrote, some of the songs that he made, you know, some of the uh, associations that he was associated with. And, you know, being a black kid, uh, from the south side of Chicago, having lived in uh, some of the most dangerous neighborhoods in Chicago, you know, 
I, I just have this question and, and I want somebody to help me, you know, try to make sense of it. Is Nipsey Hussle the person that we in the black community in today's age, you know, today's generation with all the violence that we have in portions of our uh, neighborhoods? That's not to state that every black community is violent, but we do have some violent communities depending upon where you are. And, you know, I would be remiss, you know, in my experience, having seen so much death, primarily uh, black on black, you know, and that, that, that that's a buzzword when you when you have some black people, you know, and you say that around some black people, because then they will sit there and say, well, you know, white people kill white people, black people kill black people, Hispanics kill Hispanics, Asians kill Asians, you know, and so people tend to. Uh, enact violence on each other by proximity. You know, you're going to kill those you are closest to. And while that is, in fact, true, you know, I, I just want to say, you know, as a sidebar to, you know, the primary topic about Nipsey Hussle, white people and other races, stop giving the naysayers in my community, in the black community, an excuse. Stop giving them an ex a scapegoat of statistics to state, well, you know, that is in fact true that, you know, black people kill black people in proximity and white people kill white people. So whenever you use the term black on black crime, that's a thing that's used to look, miss me with that, you know, miss me with that. Do not give us an excuse to blame something else other than the trigger pullers in our community, the people who don't care about black power and black unification, the people who don't care about those black folks who go to work every day to support their families, to support their loved ones, to support other people who are counting on them. And they are just gunned down in, in, in you know, uh, unnecessary violence to support either a habit or to support a lifestyle. You know, when I look at Nipsey Hussle, you know, I, I see a person who died tragically, who did not have to die the way that he did, you know, regardless of his association, you know, with the rolling 60s, uh, Crip Street gang, he did not have to die the way that he did. That having been said, you know, I'm not a heavily religious person, but I do remember some of the lessons that I learned when I did go to church. And the one lesson that I did learn was the lesson about being hot cold or lukewarm. And I believe it's said in the Bible that you can't be, you're either going to be hot or you're going to be cold because if you are lukewarm, which is in essence indecisive or not sure of whom you're going to serve or whose side you're on, good or evil, right or wrong, hot or cold, if you're lukewarm, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth, you know? And so it's said that you know, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Yes, he was a member of the Rolling 60s Crip Street Gang, you know, uh, and those of you all who don't know about, you know, Los Angeles Street Gangs and how some of them started, you know, Stan Tukey Williams was one of the founders of the uh, Los Angeles Street Gang, the Crips. And so, you know, uh, at first it was formed to, you know, stop from what I'm hearing, you know, the violence that occurred uh, against black folks. It was a revolutionary type thing. And then it turned into a street gang criminal thing where it wasn't about revolutionary and about uh, uh, stopping the police from trampling on those in the black community. And so that having been said, you know, it, why do people 
join these street gangs? You know, why did do we ever did we ever find out why uh, Nipsey Hussle joined the street gang? You know, you look at some of his lyrics, which I actually, you know, had uh, I don't, don't want to say the privilege of doing so. But in part of my research, I actually did look up uh, some of his uh, some of his lyrics. And so in looking up some of his lyrics, you know, I noticed some things about his lyrics. Uh, let me get to one of them. Uh, just bear with me for a minute. You know, uh, I think it was in a, a lyric double up. You know, turn a seven to a 14, 14 to a whole thing. Lord knows it's a cold game. Switched up on you hoes, man. Big body take both lanes. Backseat blowing propane. All black five gold chains. Young rich nigga, but excuse the N word. These are his lyrics, though. Bossed up on his own, man. My new shit sounds like it's Soul Train. Tukey Williams over Coltrane. Let me stop here. Tukey Williams is a reference to Stanley Tukey Williams, one of the founders of the Crip Street Gang. Coltrane, we know who Johnny Coltrane is, you know, a jazz musician, you know. And so if I'm looking at the rest of his lyrics, you, know, you can have your opinion about that. But when I see certain little nuances, the one thing I learned as a detective and as a future lawyer, you know, is to pay attention to the subtle details. You know, Tukey Williams over Coltrane, you know, you're a musician and you're and you're praising Tukey Williams, the founder of the Crips, over Coltrane. You know, just little subtle things like that. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm outside of a laundry match. So that's why you heard the horn. Um, I tend to record wherever I can. And so when you look at that, you know, was he still a part of the very street gang that promotes a great percentage if not all of the violence that we see in our communities i mean which is it yes you started out as a street gang member you know and and you were able to achieve a great deal of success you know with your mixtapes talking about real things that people in your cohort within the black community because we have to look at certain things within the or certain cohorts within the community you have a black community and then you have your people that don't get involved in violence and then you have your people who do get involved in violence your people who stay away from street gangs and then your people who are associated with street gangs i remember my time when i was young in chicago you know young uh, uh, a child and then an adolescent in chicago you know when when i think about street gangs uh, I think about those members within our community who terrorized us, who kept our community under siege, you know. And so I began to look at Nipsey Hussle, not saying that he was one such person who did that. I don't know. I don't have any information to suggest that he did that. But his mere association with the street gangs makes me ask the question as a person who lived around street gangs while not being associated with street gangs, is this the proverbial Martin Luther King that we are glorifying this day and age in the midst of the the, the high numbers, especially in Chicago? And Nipsey wasn't from Chicago. He was from California. But is, is this the person who we're glorifying? Where was the 
the the previous black doctor, the previous black lawyer who the, the, I don't want to say previous, but the most current black doctor, the most current black lawyer. You know, uh, was was there somebody who had a cure for a disease? Is is there somebody else? You know, it's not to state that we can't celebrate the life of Nipsey Hussle. Yes, he, like anybody else who has lost their life tragically to violence, deserves to have the good memories and the life celebrated. But then I'm looking at the fanfare that he's receiving. He's pulling Aretha Franklin numbers. You know, the queen of soul. He's pulling high numbers broadcast over every media outlet you could think of that chose to broadcast his his procession then i'm looking at the procession the 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 i mean it's it's like people the respect right that that's given to him but then the manner in which we are just displayed and just strewn about the street you know it's i remember a time where you used to dress up for funerals because it was a thing to respect the dead and celebrate the life. You know, now it, it becomes a, I, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it's a sad, it's a sad thing. It really is. So we're going to go ahead and take a commercial break and we'll be right back uh, shortly to talk more about Nipsey Hussle and the elephant in the room, Black Death. And I'm going to tie it into Chicago. And the high numbers, the high numbers of death in our communities, the high numbers of deaths in our communities and the argument over the police and, you know, Bobby Rush's comments, Congressman Bobby Rush's comments about the Fraternal Order of Police in Chicago being the the number one sworn enemy of black people. You know, we'll be right back after this commercial break. Uh, we're, we're back right now. Uh, and I'm just going to address the elephant in the room. You said, what's my podcast? It's called on the mic with Mike on the mic, M I C with Mike. You can find it on iTunes. There's a uh, podcast app. You can find it on Google, uh, Chromecast, uh, or you can just Google on the mic with Mike on the M I C with Mike. Um, you know, let me preface what I'm about to say by saying this. It is important to look at the life of a person and look at their good works and their accomplishments. That having been said, I got how many of us even knew about Nipsey Hussle before his death even happened? I'm going to be the first to say I knew nothing about him, okay? Um, and I'm, this is not going to be one of those posts that's just going to, you know, down Nipsey because that's not the purpose of this. But I think that perspective is important because what I did know about him, uh, yes, he is a gangster rapper out of California who, uh, you know, was said to be a philanthropist. You know, uh, he opened up clothing stores. He came back to the community. He gave back to the community, you know, and all that stuff is laudable. It's great. You know, uh, supposedly, you know, he wanted to start a STEM academy. You know, uh, I mean, all those things are great. Those things are great. But I 
cannot not Nipsey Russell. Y'all y'all talking about the, the the slide some oil on me from the Wiz. That guy, I know who he is. You know, but when I look at it, the way that he was killed was not justified at all. Not justified in the least bit. And as a former homicide detective, as a former cop, I can state that police officers respond to the deaths of people who are involved in certain lifestyles. And just because they are involved in those lifestyles does not mean that that involvement was the justification for the causation of their death. That having been said, I'm just going to talk about my perspective as an inner city Chicago kid born and raised in the black community and what gang association meant to me. I think that's a fair perspective to give as a preface for why I feel the way that I feel about this right now. Born and raised in Chicago, lived in multiple gang territories, from the Black P-Stones to the Gangster Disciples. What did gangs mean to me? One, Nipsey Hussle has a song called Question Number One. And in that song, the primary lyrics is, where you from, where you from, you know, who you with. It's kind of like a thing of, Somebody checking to see who you're associated with, if you're associated with that gang, and if you're not associated with that gang member, or you didn't spit any kind of lit or anything like that, or literature, or you didn't know anything about the gang, or you were a neutron, or you were from a, a, a rival gang, you stood the chance of getting beat up, getting fucked up. Let's, let's just use the language. You stood the chance of that happening. And so being in the hood, but not of the hood, I knew people who were involved in the gang culture, but I just made sure that I steered away from it. And living in the black community in impoverished areas, you had to do one of maybe three things good. You had to fight. You had to run or you had to be good at a combination of talking, fighting and running somewhere in that ballpark. And so me, I was good at running. I ain't gonna lie. I was good at running. Fighting. Yeah, I didn't learn how to do that until I became an adult, a teenager, adult ish kind of thing. You know, but me, I was a runner. I didn't get into a lot of fights. You couldn't catch me. OK, tried the best that I could to avoid those things. So you have to understand that for me. Gangs were a uh, uh, gangs were like terrorists. I, I'm I'm sorry. I'm just gonna be honest, and and that's the one thing that's the elephant in the room is there seems to be a disassociation with what gangs mean to us who did not belong to them. I ran like hell. Gangs to me were terrorists. You were associated with the gang. I didn't want to have nothing to do with you. Friend or no friend, whatever the case may be. And so, make no mistake about it. 
Yes, that's what I'm looking at, Jenna. It seems like people are glamorizing gangs here. And I'm looking at Nipsey Hussle and his association with the Rolling 60s Crip Street Gang. You know, and just like I was saying earlier in my podcast, because I recorded a, a part earlier before this, I'm, I'm going to associate him being associated with the Rolling uh, 60s Crips Street Gang and then a biblical passage that says something to the effect of you're going to either be hot or you're going to be cold because if you're lukewarm, I'll spew you out of my mouth. How many of you all remember that saying? And it's just like someone else also said it's not about how you start, it's about how you finish. That his association with the gang may have been his start, but that was not his finish. To which I add, when I began to look at some of his uh, lyrics, for example, one such lyric, Double Up. Now, I'm going to go to it because I actually took a picture of the, the, uh, the, the lyric that I'm looking at. Turn seven to a 14, 14 to a whole thing. Lord knows it's a cold game, game, sorry, game. Switched up on you hoes, man. Big body, take both lanes. Back seat, blowing propane. All black, five gold chains. That's not what I'm saying, Jeremy. You just came in on the back end. That's not what I'm saying. Young rich N-word bossed up on his own, man. My new shit sounds like it's Soul Train. Tookie Williams over Cold Train. Let me stop here. Tookie Williams over Cold Train. Now, me being a musician, a black musician at that, oh, I know a lot about Cold Train. But then I also know about Stanley Tookie Williams too. Tookie Williams is arguably either the founder or the co-founder of the Crips Street Gang before it broke off into its many factions, the Rolling 60s and this and this and that. And I'm looking at it like Tookie Williams over Coltrane? I, I, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. Now, Jeremy, you had an interesting point. So what you saying, people can't change? You saying people can't be a part of the street life and they can't be a part of the street culture and sit here and all of a sudden change? Let me, let's talk about this thing called change. Are you really changing from the street life? If you haven't removed yourself from all the aspects of it, I, I don't know. It's like it's like going to Narcotics Anonymous and still doing narcotics and saying you're changing. It's like, and I'm not demonizing. This is just an honest conversation that's addressing the elephant in the room. This is a no judgment zone here, but you got to be willing to have these honest conversations because on the same day that Nipsey Hussle was killed, 
at his memorial site, right outside of his store, they had a massive presence of people flocking to that area to pay respects to Nipsey. And right in the midst of the, the, the ceremony, the impromptu ceremony, were not shots fired? Didn't six people get stabbed? And so the question becomes, in this day and age, it is important to celebrate the life of someone who did not deserve to die in the tragic way that they have died. But here's a question that I have. Here's a question that I have. Someone black tell me, and I'm not saying it has to be black person. That's that's the only one who answers or who's the only one that answers this question. But answer me this. Who's the newest black doctor? Who's the newest black lawyer? Chicagoans can tell me who's the newest black mayor mm -hmm. what have we done within our community to change what caused Nipsey's death I'm waiting because I look at it like this Nipsey Hussle a gangster rapper and I can't even say he's a former gang member because his lyrics, if you look at the if you look at the way that his titles to his songs were, if you're a police officer or in law enforcement and you understand gang culture and the way they rap and the way they write, just like Crips use the word C in great excess. Just like the Bloods refused to use the word C. His lyrics and his titles were still written as if he is associated with that gang life. But then will sometimes claim that he's not a part of that life. So which is it? Which is it? Now, Patrick Sean says you sound ignorant as all hell. Okay, explain. You're right, Patrick. I'm going to be the first to say, you know, you said it sounds like you know nothing about Nipsey. You are absolutely right. And at least I'm honest enough to say that, Pat. You know what I did, Patrick? And I'm glad you said that. And I'm not saying people can't change, Shocker. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm looking at it like this. I watched the procession. I watched the procession. You said Nipsey claims Crip. I, I, I said he claimed Crip. Patrick, what are we talking about? That's that's exactly what I said. I said Nipsey claims Crip. You I'm not I'm gonna I'm gonna ignore you, Pat. Anyway, you know, I watched the procession and I heard one of the uh tele Sean, you're gone. I'm gonna go on ahead and do that. Sorry, sorry guys, give me one minute. Um, there we go. All right. Bam. That works. Now, anybody else, if you, this is an honest conversation. Okay. 
This is an honest conversation that we need to have. If you get disrespectful, I'm just going to block you. I'm not going to entertain you. This is a no judgment zone. Okay. Jeremy, you're entitled to your opinion. You say you think that I'm a bit biased because I'm speaking from a law enforcement point of view. No, Jeremy, I'm speaking from a point of view of a black man who lives in the inner city and our communities, our communities, right? Black communities are under siege because of gang or gang like violence. That's the perspective that I'm speaking from. My analysis also comes from my education and experience in that cohort and having been involved in homicide investigations and law enforcement investigations. So I'm far from bias in certain respects, even though I'm not going to say that I don't have biases. We all do. I'm just saying if he's claiming crip and he's acting crip and one of his own killed him, as it was probably said in the media, I don't know, true or not, whatever the investigation is going to unfold, however it unfolds. But it was said that an argument over snitching resulted in his death. An argument over snitching, 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 snitching. One of his own killed him. I, I just I just don't understand it. But I do understand it. And so the question becomes, long after Nipsey Hussle and all of his accomplishments, whatever they may be, I will tell you honestly, I am ignorant to his accomplishments. But I digress because I forgot I was going to talk about what I heard when I looked at the procession. When I looked at the procession, I watched it. It was all on Facebook. And I listened to, to the, uh, the, the can't even say the person's profession, the reporter talking to some of the, pa the I don't want to say patrons, but people in the crowd. One lady was like, I don't know anything about Nipsey, but when my kids cried, I, I started crying too. And so her kids were there, right? And the reporter, you know, got the permission from the mom to talk to the kids, you know, who really weren't kids, more so like close to being teenagers. And so the reporter was like, well, what, what do you remember about Nipsey? You know, I, I, I liked his music. And so the reporter asked, well, what about his music? Tell me about him. How, you know, and the reporter wasn't asking those questions to, you know, with malice. The reporter was asking the questions to get the real essence of who Nipsey was. And the kids didn't even know. The kids response was, well, I, I liked his music. What? What? A, and then the reporter didn't go further. The reporter didn't go further. And so I'm looking at it like, are these bandwagon followers? If you really say, you know, Nipsey, please educate me about what he was about. But in your assessment, do not leave out the fact that he 
was associated. And we can't even use the term was except for the fact that unfortunately he is gone from us. But do not leave out the fact that he was associated with an organization that's responsible for the numbers of death that we see in our community. Now you're talking about Jeffrey. He didn't just rep his set in his music. He spoke on living. Hold on. He spoke on giving back to the hood and investing in his own people. Okay. This is Jeffrey saying this. His, his service was about his association. Biggie had more fans after he died. Most of the time, gang, the gangs fund the record deal. I've worked investigations that have gone that route. Why would anybody ever want their children to look up to this man? President Obama has to throw himself in it. I think Obama want to be gang member. Okay, I don't know. I wondered if he was in fact a crip. Why did he wear the color blue? Tariah, sometimes I don't understand why you go the way you go in some of your comments, but I'm not going to attack you. I, I don't get it. Why do you think he wear the why do you think he wore the color blue? I don't know. I, I don't know. Will Smith had more fans before his career died. OK. So this speaks volumes of the lack of pearls being dropped on our children by us, the village. How so, Regina? He was about generational wealth in the black community. And I'm just reading. I'm reading what you're saying. OK. He was about generational wealth in the black community and supporting our own by any means rather than rather that meant getting success or wealth through the streets. All right. So, Chris, on the cool, fresh Norman. I'm, I'm curious. So when you say now, let's have this honest conversation. When you say getting wealth by the streets, what, if anything, do you mean? I'm, I'm, I'm going to wait on that answer. When you say getting wealth by the streets, right? What, if anything, do you mean? I'm curious about that. Okay. He had clothing stores. That's laudable. He gave back to his community. That's laudable. You said he has done more for his community than any cop. Okay, Lisa Montez, do you know what any cop... Now, that's funny that you say that. That's funny that you say that, uh, Lisa, because we just watched a press conference where Kim Fox... Uh, the Cook County State's Attorney was surrounded around by activists, and among those activists was Congressman Bobby Rush, a former Black Panther, who stated that the Fraternal Order of Police is the number one sworn enemy of Black people. This is what he said. He also said this right on the day, or at least before the day, where six black people were shot in the black community at a gender reveal party. And I believe a police officer's actions was responsible for one of the person's lives being saved. 
So I'm just curious about that. I'm just curious. Not attacking you, just just your statement. Okay. What's going on, cuz? All right, but political figures, law enforcement, and clergymen have also got financial means in the streets also. You're correct on that, LaToya. I can't dispute that. I can't dispute that. Rob Scheidel, you said, so who solved his murder? I believe it was law enforcement who took Eric Holder into custody. Okay. Oh, So, Mike, what's the sum effect of celebrity death like this in the black community and the larger community, positive or negative? I don't know, Liam. That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know at all. Now, Rosalind Carpenter, how you doing? I'm reading your comment. Uh, what's your perception of him? And are we trying to attack another slain black man gunned down? No. I'm going to sit here and say this, Rosalind. We're not attacking a slain black man. That's not what we're doing. I'm going to sit here and tell you that I didn't even know who Nipsey Hussle was prior to this. And I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to be like some black folks who claim to know about him. And then because you got people that have selective outrage. Okay. Selective outrage. Here we go. Now, we heard this term selective outrage at the Kim Fox rally. People talking about FOP mad at Kim Fox for what she did regarding Jussie Smollett. And they're not mad about the Jason Van Dyke. And we heard this term called selective outrage. And right after that, pop, 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 more shots fired. Black folks killing black folks in Chicago. Somehow hoping that Lori Lightfoot is going to be the savior of all violence. And violence is going to somehow come to an end now that Lori's in office. Yay. And then right subsequent to that, or in the midst of that, Nipsey Hussle dies, impromptu memorial, six folks get stabbed. After we lay this man to rest, after we lay him to rest, what if anything in our community will change? That's what this is all about. That's what this is all about. That's the elephant in the room that I'm looking at. And if you're not looking at that, if you're not looking at that, then shame on you. I haven't been the only person to ask this question. Why does it take a person like Nipsey Hussle, who a, a great deal of people knew, but a great deal of people did not know, right? Why does it take that? Why does it take that to focus on the issue of gang violence? I agree, Courtney. I, I agree. I agree. Nothing's going to change. Those of you all who have followed me have heard me say this before, and I'm going to double down on saying it. If black life matters, show me the matter. Oh, great. Thank you for that, Chris. Well, his death did have the bloods and crips. Here we go. His death did have the Bloods and the Crips come together and call a peace treaty. Yes, let's celebrate the Bloods and the Crips <coughs> coming together and calling it a peace treaty. For how long? For how long? Why did it take a crip shooting a crip to have 
two rivals stop killing each other for a moment. That's the elephant in the room. Black death. Black death. Black death. If black life matters, show me the matter. I say again, if black life matters, hashtag it, show me the matter. If black life matters, show me the matter. Show me the matter. It's a peace treaty. One group of black folks deciding not to kill just for a small moment in time. Another group of black folks. That's the elephant in the room. That's the elephant in the room. That's the elephant in the room. I just don't get it. Why can't we be honest about our situations in our community? Can somebody please? I don't know. I don't know. Why can't we be honest about that? Why can't we sit here and say, yes, law enforcement is a necessity, but it is not perfect. It needs reform, but there are things in our community that need reform too. We cannot just hold the police's feet to the fire and not hold us to the fire too. We cannot celebrate the life of a man who has done things for the community and not look at the fact that his association in gang life and gang culture more likely than not attributed to his death. You can't eat your cake and have it too. You can't be hot or you can't be lukewarm to this. You can't be lukewarm to this. We got to look at it from all perspectives here. A black man killed another black man. A crip killed another crip. These are all facts. And arguably over something stupid and unjustified. Facts. If black life matters, show me the matter. Now, Jeffrey D'Lo Cade says, sorry to say, gang will always be around, but his gang ties weren't the reason for his death. As he was killed by an envious, jealous brother from the same community that was trying to uplift. And that's what's sad. Jeffrey, the man who killed him was a crip. Nipsey was also a crip. Stop with your bullshit, sir. Stop it. I shall not let you stay on this live with me on my post and get you to ignore the facts. But he wasn't killed over a gang beef. Wait a minute, Chris. He wasn't killed over a gang beef, but 
If you are a gang member in the same gang, what happened to this brotherhood thing? Isn't that the reason why? Come on now, Chris, here we go. Isn't that the reason why people join gangs for the brotherhood? Isn't that the reason why people join gangs for the brotherhood? I mean, come on, tell me. Lisa Montez, you're probably not even black, whatever. How do I get to Coonville? Uh, you just earned yourself a spot in the, there we go, good, black, there we go. All right. Anybody else want to try it? State your opinions, but if you get disrespectful, I'm going to block you. You got something else to do. Get your own followers. Right? Isn't that the reason why people, yeah, jealousy and envy could get anyone killed, of course. Come on now, I agree. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just asking a question, right? Guess what this conversation is about? Oh, Crystal, she's here. Hi, Crystal. We know we're about to get into a bunch of mm, stuff. I don't know. It's the elephant in the room. Controversial. Sorry. Told y'all it was controversial in the beginning. I'm not going to change. I'm not going to stop being who I am. Okay. Gangs because of protection and lack of a father figure. Get it. I get it. I get it. The whole brotherhood, protection and father figure and all this other stuff. I don't know. Rest in peace, Nipsey Hussle. The way you died was not justified. But I'm sorry, as a black man in the doggone black community, when I was a kid, gangs, I, I was afraid of gangs. I'm sorry. I was afraid of gangs. I didn't want to be one. I got tired of seeing my friends get their ass whooped by gangs. You, I didn't get my ass whooped by a gang. You had to catch me. I was running. But what about people whose entire family are the gang and born into it? I don't know. I'm not, I can't speak for them. I don't know. I can't say that I have the answer. I don't know. This is just a conversation. I don't know. I don't know. But what I'm saying is this. Yeah, or people who live in an area where they get beat up or chased daily until they join one. Chris, I lived in that community. I lived in that community and somehow I was able to disassociate myself or not even be around those folks. That doesn't mean I live a perfect life. I'm just saying it. I don't know, man. I don't know. But that's the elephant in the room. That's the elephant in the room. You're right, Chris. I can't speak for them. You're right. I don't understand. And Chris, I don't give a shit. Those people made the choice. No, Chris, I wasn't blessed. I was just fast. Chris, miss me with that shit, bro. Miss me with that shit. Miss me with that shit. See, that's part of the problem right there. Excuses. Excuses. Oh, here we go. I you, Jeremy, you definitely earned a spot there. Most cowards join the military or become bullies on the police force. Yeah, Jeremy, fuck you. It's a choice. I'm not going to give you an excuse, Chris. I'm not going to abide by that excuse. I'm not. I'm not, man. I'm not. And that's why our community is suffering. That is why our community is suffering. Chris, I'm not going to give you that excuse. 
I'm not going to. I'm not. I'm not. You don't get to be on my live with that excuse. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. You don't get to. It's a choice. It is a choice. It's a theory in criminal, uh, criminal, I can't even say it right, criminology called rational choice theory. You knew what you were getting into. You knew what you were getting into. I'm not talking about you, Chris. I'm not saying you belong to that. But people who get in gangs knew, they know what they're getting into. They know what they're getting into. Don't give me that bullshit. Don't give me that bullshit. I knew what I was doing when I went into the military. I knew what I was doing when I became a cop. I knew what I was doing now that I'm not the police. I know what I'm doing teaching. I know what I'm doing on this live. You know what you're doing. Now, he said no parental guidance. School system don't care. No male guidance. What's the next option or the closest at times? Okay, Chris, let's talk about this. No parental guidance. Are we really saying no parental guidance or are we? Here we go. All right. right, Here we go, Jeffrey. I'm going to come back to your comment. Here we go. Now, you're not sitting here. No, no. I know, Chris. We're just having a conversation. Here we go. You said no parental guidance. But are we also talking about being disobedient to parents? We're not talking about that, right? No male role models. Is it really the case that you had no male role models? Your mom didn't take you to church. In our community, in the black community, we got store. We got. I'll tell you why, Rosalind, since you want to know. Okay. In our communities, we got storefront churches on the corner of. There are two things that we have an abundance of in our community: liquor stores and churches. You cannot tell me that as a black kid in Chicago or in a lot of these cities where we are in great capacity that we don't have any positive male role models at all. You cannot tell me we don't have that. We have that everywhere. We got liquor stores and we got churches. The question becomes when we hear that good advice Is it what we really want for that right now solution? Mm, We're not going to be honest about that. Is that what we want for that fast money? Hmm. Right. When you got somebody that'll sit here and tell you, yeah, you can make a lot of money on the corner selling these drugs with with hundreds, if not thousands of dollars by the end of the day. But what will it get you where if you take this job making an honest dollar for an honest day's work that in time you can get to something and be something better that is societally acceptable? See, we don't want to come on, man. We don't want to have a real truthful conversation. You want to have that conversation where, oh, I understand why you had to join the gang. I understand why being the lame ass kid who actually didn't wear the popular clothes, who actually wasn't liked, 
That's not the lifestyle you want to live because you want to be liked by other people. You want to be cool. You want to be popular. You want to have all this money. You don't have a good male role model in your life so you turn to drugs. Never mind the coach in your school that was telling you this isn't the life for you. Never mind the teacher that was telling you pull up your pants and go to class. Never mind the black history teacher who told you that you could be somebody if only you put in the work. Who would they be surrounded by to give them these conversations? Mike, who? There's a lot of teachers, a lot of people around you to give you positive information, positive guidance. But the question is, is that what you really want? Is that what you really want? Or is it that we, here we go. I've asked the question and people still have yet to tell me who is the newest black doctor that just got their doctor's degree in medicine to help the community. Where is the newest black clinic in our communities that help the sick? Where is the newest, who is the newest black police officer who decided to join to stop the gang violence in our community? But you could tell me where the newest store is where they sell weave and all this other shit. You could tell me where the newest liquor store is. You could tell me where the newest villa is. You could tell me where the new, long after we celebrate the life of Nipsey Hussle, who had an abundance of stores to help his community. What do you know about the positive things that's going on in your community? Now, somebody asked, who doesn't even know me, who doesn't even know me, right? What are you doing to help those in the community? Never mind the fact that I've been, I'm in the community, in the community, Helping people get jobs in the community, helping black folks and people, too, but primarily black folk. For that's the race who frequents my business a lot, helping them understand about why we need to protect ourselves. Why we need to protect ourselves. We don't have to rely on the police. We can protect ourselves the lawful way. Come on now. We're glorifying, don't get me wrong, celebrate his life, mourn his death, condemn his death, expect that Eric Holder be held accountable for his death, for his killing was unnecessary. But let's not turn away from the fact that his association more likely than not led to his death and let's condemn the gangs in our community. Let's condemn the violence that kills our mothers, kills our babies, kills our women, kills our children, kills our men in our community. Let's take a stand of us killing us and let's take a stand against that. If you really want to make something useful of Nipsey Hussle's death. Let's condemn the manner in which he was killed. And let's take a stand by physical action against that. 
No, that's not what led to his death, Mike. That's not fair. What led to his death? A black man killed a black man with the use of a gun. That's what led to his death. I don't care about the reason. I care about the action. Come on, man. Don't give me that. Miss me with that. Miss me with that. Not going to let that slide. You don't get to use that excuse. But Mike, not everybody was fortunate as you. What the fuck is fortunate? How was I fortunate? Please tell me how was I fortunate. Please tell me. I'm still poor and helping folks. Still in the community and helping folks. I'm not going to let that excuse slide. You don't get to come on my live and talk about, well, Mike, that's not gang violence. That's somebody who had hatred for him. Stop it, bro. <laughs> come on, man. I just don't think it's coming out, coming right out of your mouth. I hear you, but you cannot take away from his past because it made him who he was. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right, Rosalind. I couldn't agree with you more. It made him who he was. I'm not demonizing Nipsey, so don't try to make it seem like I'm demonizing Nipsey. What I'm saying is this. When I see gangs, I see terrorists in our community. That's what I see. When I see people associated with that life, that's what I see in our community. And to call it anything else is the same. You know how some people love to sit here and say that, White folks give domestic terrorists who are white a pass at calling them normal instead of calling them who they are. Crazy folks with guns who are hell bent on killing other people. That's the same thing that we do when we fail to call black gang members and black criminals in our community who lay siege on our community and cause us to be in fear of living a good life in our community. It's the same damn thing. It's the same damn thing. So don't give me that. Don't give me that. You don't get to talk on. But Mike, that's not the same thing. It's all the same thing. It's all the same thing. All the same thing. So Malcolm X got killed by the old people who had stole from and robbed. Malcolm X got killed by members of his own thing. Stop it. Look. You can talk about the Dr. CB documentary and whatever. I, look, he got killed by somebody else who was black for whatever the doggone reason. He got killed by somebody who looked like him. And to call it anything else is just plain old stupid. It's a damn excuse. It's an excuse. And that's exactly what it is. You want to know what the elephant in the room is? The elephant in the room is the fact that we are glorifying Gang violence. Glorifying it. Glorifying it. Glorifying it. Come on, man. Glorifying it, bro. Glorifying it. I don't care what anybody is saying. Glorifying it. That's exactly what it is. Some of y'all didn't even wear blue, wouldn't dare wear blue. Now you now you now you're rocking blue in his memory. Come on, man. Kayla Summers, I come on. Kayla, you this is the first time I've seen you coming. You probably just came in on the back end. Just do do your thing. Do your thing. Chris, do your thing. 
the lawyer representing Eric Holder, you're talking about the one who was the prosecutor on the O.J. Simpson trial. What about him? What about him? Oh, no, Kayla. I'm not saying I don't see unity. What I'm saying is selective unity. Selective unity. Kayla Summers. Selective unity. It's amazing how many people came out in support of Nipsey Hussle. A percentage of them who only knew of him didn't even know him came out. Our people are coming together to do what, Kayla? To, to, to do what? Please tell me. Please tell me, Kayla, to do what? I, I'm waiting to hear this. I'm, I'm waiting to hear this. Yes, Kayla, I'm sure the world felt this. Okay, here we go. They came together. Chris Norman. Okay, that's a start. Chris, how many starts are we going to have? How many starts are we going to have? I'm waiting. How many starts are we going to have? So, so Kayla, you're saying this is now going to make black folk. Okay, Kayla. Here we go. Mark my words. $100. That's all I'm willing to add to this. If this stops us from killing us, you got this $100. Come get it. If this stops us, the truth is out now. What truth, Kayla? What truth is it? What truth is out? Please tell me what truth is out. What truth is out? Spread unity. Unity in doing what? Unity and doing what? I'm trying to figure out. Okay, Chris, the marathon continues. Okay, great. I'm, I'm trying to figure out. Thank you, Courtney, because I'm trying to figure out what, what kind of unity are we talking about? So you mean to tell me Martin Luther King got killed. That wasn't enough to get us together, right? Malcolm X got killed. That wasn't enough to get us together, right? Tupac got killed. That wasn't enough to get us together, right? Biggie got killed. That wasn't enough to get us together, right? Here we go. There was a nine-year-old kid in the Auburn-Gresham neighborhood who got killed. That wasn't enough to get us together, right? Just a couple of days ago, six people got shot at a baby shower. That wasn't enough to get us together, right? Here we go. In the doggone 90s, we were in the upper 900s of people getting murdered. That wasn't enough to get us together. And now they're threatening the life of Kodiak Black. Okay, now, is that enough to get us together? <laughs> Please tell me where's the unity. Please tell me where's the unity. God forbid somebody probably died tonight in Chicago. That's enough to get us together? Come on, man. So please tell me. I'm trying. Come on, Kyla. Okay. All right. Thank you for your opinion. Moving on. Moving on. And that's the harsh reality, Charles. Somewhere right now, another black man is being killed right now. Come on, man. Come on, man. If black life matters, show me the matter. If black life matters, show me the matter. Here's the interesting thing. Nipsey Hussle should not be dead. Should not be dead. Hashtag that. Hashtag that. Nipsey should be alive. Right. Absolutely. Rodney King wasn't enough. 
right? Nipsey should be alive. Come on, man. Come on, man. Chris, the reason why you do what you do, the reason why I do what I do, Chris, Chris Norman is a firearms instructor. So am I. I'm a firearms instructor. Do you know why my profession becomes relevant? Do you know why Chris's profession becomes relevant? Our profession becomes relevant because the fact of the matter is this, that we are teaching people who look like us to use guns more likely than not against someone who looks like us. Why? Because the fact of the matter is this, the police are not going to save us. We have to save us. Miss me on that. His death is going to spark a movement. Really? 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 Going to spark a movement? On the same day he was killed, Six people were stabbed near his impromptu memorial. Black folks. But somehow, his death sparked a movement. Stop it. When are we going to stop killing each other? All right. That's it. That's all I had. That's my elephant in the room. And I know some people are mad. I don't care. I really don't care. I know my conversation wasn't the best for some people. I know. So what? The truth. Here we go. I love what Hannah Gray said, and I'm going to close with this. I love what Hannah Gray said about education. The purpose of education is not designed to make people comfortable. It's designed to make people think. No, I wouldn't call him a terrorist, Paul. I wouldn't call him that. That that now that would be wrong. I would expect people to be angry at me. And rightfully so. I would never call Nipsey Hussle a terrorist. No, because, you know, you got some people who are associated with gangs, Paul, who don't commit the violent actions that have our communities under siege. So, no, that's I wouldn't say that, Paul. I would not say that, Paul, at all. Absolutely. What's up, Terry? I wouldn't say that at all. No, not at all. Nipsey Hussle, from all things that I've learned about him, he could have been associated. He was associated with the Crip Street Gang. But maybe he didn't participate in those activities. He didn't shoot people. Maybe he didn't sell drugs. I don't know anything about that. I know I'm not going to lay that on him. I'm not going to lay that on him. Okay. So no, I wouldn't call him a terrorist. No, not at all. Not at all. No, no, not at all. And thank you for asking that question, by the way, Paul. That was that was very good. That was very good. Uh, I'm glad you asked that question. Yeah. And so you know there are people who are involved in gangs who don't commit. The actions that lay our communities under siege. But man, we, we got to be truthful about this. We can still talk about the philanthropical things that Nipsey Hussle did and how he gave back to his community. But then also look at the gang life and ask ourselves, 
What causes our young boys and girls and even our grown men and women to join in and or stay in that gang lifestyle? What causes us to ignore the, the, the death that occurs within our communities at the hands of us by those who are so closely associated with that gang lifestyle, be it a part of a structured gang or a fractional or a fraction gang? We can still talk about that. We can still talk about that. We can still talk about that. And then the question is, what does Nipsey Hussle's death mean to you? And how can we use this to change things in our community? Or will anything be changed at all? Will anything be changed at all? That's the question. That's the question. This is the conversation. Look. I'm, I'm controversial enough to ask that question. I don't care if people hate me. That's fine. But I'm controversial enough to address the elephant in the room. And the thing is, is that it's like if you're black and you talk about somebody else who's black, you're automatically everything negative. But when do we learn? When do we learn? None of us are perfect. But when do we learn? When do we change? If black life matters, show me the matter. Hashtag it. Show me the matter. Don't just tell me about the matter. Show me the matter. Show me the matter. And you're right, Samara. And you are the survivor of a victim of gang violence. The killing, unfortunately, will continue. I hate to say it. Will his death spark some change? I don't think it will. I hate to say that. All right, guys, I'm out of here. You all enjoy your night. I hate that this conversation is even possible. <clears throat> and I can tell you changed your picture just that quick, Kyla. No, I'm not denying what the people feel. And I thank you for expressing your opinion. Even though I don't agree, Kyla, uh, or hope I'm saying your name right. I'm not denying what the people feel. Embrace the love. Love brings change. Yeah, maybe, Kyla. Love doesn't always bring change. Sometimes love makes you blind. Yeah, love makes you blind. And sometimes love can make you blind from what is ever more apparent in front of your face. But sometimes you can love something or someone and then deny that very thing that you need to pay attention to. I don't know. All right. We'll talk about it some more next time with On the Mic with Mike.